Hey, thank you for listening to the City Life Church podcast. We are leading people to become fully alive in Jesus. We are a church in San Francisco, and we are praying that this word will encourage you, challenge you, and help you grow in your faith journey. Here's the deal. We've been in this series called They Shall Prophesy. And we've been talking about the fact that God is not a God who is distant and afar off in some other galaxy and he spun the planet into existence. And good luck, y'all. Hope you figure it out. He's actually a God that's very present and he loves to communicate with all of us. So we've been exploring this theme of prophecy. What does prophecy mean? And if I can be brutally honest, because I grew up as a pastor's kid, I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly. I've seen it all, y'all. It's not just stuff that you watch in documentaries on Netflix. I've seen some crazy abuses. I've seen some people that do some crazy things. Can I just let you know, here's the disclaimer. God's not weird. People are. The Holy Spirit's not weird, but people do weird things. And I've been in some weird settings. This one time I was in a service and this lady said, I just feel the power of God moving through me like liquid fire. I'm like, dang, that sounds horrible. <laughs> Somebody passed the lady some Tums because that sounds like heartburn right there. But that was her experience. And someone that's kind of wired like me, they would be like, man, I'm tripping right now. This is weird. So let me just throw the disclaimer. God's not weird. Holy Spirit's not weird. People are weird. So, um... Portland, they say, keep Portland weird. Portland is weird, and we love Portlandia and all that, but that's a whole other conversation. But if you've had some weird experiences in Pentecostal circles with the Holy Spirit, let me just, I won't apologize because it is what it is, but let me just tell you, God is a God of new beginnings, and God's a good God. And God sometimes will use some foolish things even to kind of provoke certain types of things to grow within us. So if you're a cynic or a little bit skeptical, I feel you and uh, hang in there because God's going to continue to surprise you. He's wired you. He knows exactly how you think. He knows how you process different things. So the same one who wired you knows also how to communicate with you. So I, I put my, my, my hope in that. So we've been in this series and the key verse for this series is Joel chapter two. Let me read it with you here. I was going to say it's going to pop on the screen, but it's not. Um, <laughs> Joel chapter two. If you do get uh, uh, our notes, if you don't receive our notes, just type CLC notes, one word, CLC notes, City Life Church, CLC notes to the number 97,000. Everything that I'm preaching today will then magically pop on your device and you can kind of roll with me, read the Bible there with us. If you're online, you just click that little tab on notes and it's already there for you. But Joel chapter two is the key verse for this series. And uh, it says this, and afterwards I will pour out my spirit on all people. Someone say all. Because it's not just a few pastors. It's not just a few leaders. God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men, like Pastor Isaac, they will dream dreams. And your young men, they will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Now, that prophecy, as we've been studying this and, and exploring this, that prophecy was actually fulfilled about a thousand years after it was declared through prophet Joel. God fulfilled that in Acts chapter 2. But now 2,000 years after that situation or that story, it continues to be fulfilled. God continues to pour out his spirit upon people. Let me shout out uh, my Brazilian friends. Os brasileiros que estão aqui, bom dia. Deus abençoe vocês. Amém? All right. And to the Latinos, buenos dias. Dios te bendiga. Buenos dias. All right. I need to learn some new languages, man. I'm running short. Like, that's it. 
So we kicked off, we kicked off this series on They Shall Prophesy. Pastor Isaac did a brilliant job establishing the foundations, talking a little bit about the who, the what, the when, and the where. So what is prophecy? Basically, prophecy is when we hear God's thoughts or his heart and we speak it into a situation or maybe we declare it over a person or a group of people. The Bible says that God has good plans for us. He's got good thoughts towards us. And prophetic people, they relay what they hear from God and they encourage others. So he began to establish the, the different parameters of the prophetic. And we explored that there's the office of a prophet. There's the gift of prophecy. There's a spirit of prophecy. And it was awesome. If you weren't here, check it out. YouTube channel, our very first part of this series. I think it's going to bless you. And then I, I talked about the qualities of prophetic people. What are some of the characteristics? Prophetic people, they're warriors. And the crowd said, yes, go dubs. <laughs> they're warriors. They, they're, they're seers. They're hearers. Again, that was part two. Look us up on our YouTube channel there. Last week, we had the prophets and Pastor Gary came and he also kind of along these lines continued to exhort on the, this idea of being prophetic people. And it was such an encouraging uh, piece. Today, I want to talk about the why and the how a little bit more. I'm going to talk about why the prophetic is so needed in our lives. And I want to help debunk a few thoughts, maybe some things that you've heard of or maybe read about or perhaps even experienced firsthand. And then I'm going to talk about how God wants to operate prophetically through us and how we can come in alignment with that and actually be prophetic people everywhere we go. So you don't have to wait till August of next year to hear God speak through prophets. God can actually speak through you. Next Sunday, I'm going to talk to you about what does God sound like? What's his voice sound like? Is it a male, a female? Who or how does he communicate? So be sure to come next Sunday. I think it's going to be a blessing to you. Pastor Lena will follow up. It's going to be a great series. But today I want to talk about that. And let me pray real quick and then we're going to dive in together. Amen. God, we love you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you're, you're so present and we feel your presence here. God, there are people that have walked through these uh, doors today, people that are tuning in uh, online right now that need a God touch. Father, people don't need just sympathy or just uh, empathy. They need a touch from heaven. So God, you know exactly each name, you know each story, you know each situation here. God, I thank you that you're with us and you're for us. Holy Spirit, we commit this time to you. I ask God that you would help me to communicate and to articulate those things that you've placed in my spirit for this moment. We give you praise in Jesus' name, amen. Years ago, um, I took a team of young people on a missions trip and uh, I love missions trips because missions is part of our DNA. I grew up as a missionary kid. So missions and going into other cultures and bringing the good news, that's, that's just so like exciting for me. So I've had the privilege of going to, at leading more than like 50 plus teams to oversee trips and it's been a joy. But years back, I, I, was, I was training these, these young uh, high school students and college students and we were going to Brazil of all places. Come on, somebody. Not just to have some good churrasco down there, but we were going to preach Jesus. And, um, and, and as we were preparing for months, just seeking the Lord and going through our, our, our discipleship training and different things, God began to provoke within us a, a, real, a real passion to believe for the supernatural. Mark 16, it says this, and, and these signs will accompany those who believe. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They're going to cast out evil spirits, etc. And this word was just burning in my spirit. I said, God, I don't want to just go on another trip 
just to accumulate more mileage points. God, I want to go on a trip and I want to be a vessel in your hands. As we go and we give ourselves to serving these people, God, I'm believing for signs and wonders to, to accompany us. God, we're believing that as we pray for people, we're believing that they're going to be set free. Demons are going to flee. We're believing for big answer prayers. Can I be honest with you? I wasn't praying for just headaches to be gone, though that's a miracle. If you've got migraine headaches, God cares about that as well. But we're saying, God, we, we're, we're believing that you're going to give us faith to see blind eyes open. Those with deaf ears, they're going to hear again. And that we're talking about different things. And I, I began to just pursue the Lord particularly on this thing of like, God, you said that greater things would be done in your name. And Jesus, you raised the dead. And I'm believing that you're going to use us to raise the dead. Now, you can't fake that. Some of them might say, oh, yeah, my headache is gone. Ooh, thank you. That prayer worked. But when someone's dead, they're dead. And I'm saying, God, your word says that we would lay hands on the sick and they would recover. Lord, I'm believing that you're going to use us, not because we're special, but because you, you love people and you want to demonstrate your power through your people. So even with a bunch of crazy high school students, God, I believe you can and you will do. And how many of you know, it actually wasn't me stirring that inside of me. It was actually the Holy Spirit who always initiates. You don't initiate it. God initiates. He was beginning to initiate this hunger within me and within our team to believe for the supernatural. So we began to fast. We began to pray. How many of you know that God is already doing a miracle when high school students are fasting? That's a miracle. We began to just believe, and uh, so we're on this trip, and we, we take a large team, Pastor Joe and Heidi, who are friends that pastor Mount Life Church in Idaho these days. They led one team. We landed in Sao Paulo, Brazil. There's about 25 or 30 of us. We chartered two buses. Joe and Heidi, they led one team, and they went west. Our team, we chartered the other bus, and we went south. And we say, hey, we'll see you in two weeks. Come on, God's got this. Let's go. And uh, so we start traveling and we're exhausted because we traveled all night and traveling with a bunch of young people. You know, they don't like to sleep when they need to sleep. So all of a sudden, like we're all drained. And so I'm already fatigued. And I'm like, all right, next tomorrow, when we finally start ministry, I'm believing God's going to show up tomorrow. About three hours into our drive, the bus comes to a stop. And, um, and I speak some Portuguese, um pouquinho, just a little bit. And I hear through the radio, the driver is here, like, why is traffic stopped and why is it backed up? And I'm looking, I can see we're backed up over a mile. And I'm like, what is going on? And in Portuguese, let me say it like this, na rodovia da morte. So all of a sudden, I'm looking and I'm listening and I hear the radio say, something say like, yeah, it's tragic, a, a truck. And there was a head-on collision with a sedan, a family car, and a truck head-on. There's fatalities. It's horrible. Something instinctively just said, you should go check it out. And it wasn't the Boy Scout in me. But I'm like, maybe I should go check it out. So I grabbed a couple of our team members and some of the local folks that we had already partnered with. And we said, let's go on this journey. And we walked for over a mile. We get there, the sun is setting. It's kind of like one of those Stranger Things, kind of like Netflix, like the, star, the sky is kind of dark and pink and na, 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 na. it's kind of feeling a little weird. And there's a crowd of about 100 people and they can't move. It's, it's, the traffic is just jacked up and there's like lines both ways and the paramedics are there. And as I walk, in, and I don't recommend this, and if you're in, in paramedics and first service, like don't do this unless the Holy Spirit tells you to do this, but... I found myself in slow motion walking right up to the, the scene of the crime, so to speak. And here is the, a car. And through the windshield is the head of the dad who is deceased. And I looked and there is no body attached to it. That's disgusting right there. 
And then my wife's like, yeah. And then I walk around and there's all kinds of fluids around gas, oil, blood, brain matter, nasty stuff everywhere. And I walk around the car, everything's in kind of slow motion. And I see the mom, she is crushed under the car and she's barely breathing. She's got gashes and she's cut from the side of her face. I see blood and, and she, when she's breathing, these bubbles. And, and I walk up to her and I grab her by the hand and her, her body is crushed. I mean, it, she is crushed. Excuse the gore, but it's real. And I, and I just very quickly, I said, are you ready to step into eternity? Do you know Jesus as your personal savior? And she just kind of, uh, I said, I'm going to say this prayer. And if you believe, squeeze my hand. I say this prayer. She squeezes my hand and she died. Goes right into she, God in his mercy. Somebody had been praying for her. Somebody had, because after all that, within seconds, she would. And then I look and there's a, there's a little girl lying there with her leg snapped in half sideways, all bloodied. She's cut. She's got glass all over her face, curly hair. And, and she reminded me of my daughter, Erica, about the same age. And like, my heart is a dad. And like, oh my gosh. And she's just, she's just, she's dead. She's on the, she's just laying there. Here's what happened. And I don't boast of me because God knows I'm not that spiritual. Elena's spiritual. I'm not. I wasn't prepared for this, but I have been believing for this. The Holy Spirit within me say, this is it. And I walked up, and, and, and there's others on our team that can testify this. I walked up to this little girl. I knelt down, and I began to prophesy, you will not die. You will live, and you will declare the good things of God in your generation. And then prophetic stepped into like deliverance in the name of Jesus. I command death to leave her body now. And I speak the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, quicken this mortal body. Her eyes opened up, scared the crap out of me. <laughs> she came back. Her eyes rolled back up. She starts coughing. The paramedics start going nuts like, oh, bring the air, bring the whatevers. And they bring the, the equipment that people are looking and they're like, oh, what is going on? I didn't plan for this. I didn't, ministry was supposed to start tomorrow. But in that moment, all of a sudden, the gifts of the spirit, because the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us and the Holy Spirit loves people and the Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants to do. He looked through a willing vessel that was jet lagged and tired. And all of a sudden, because I was that vessel at the right place at the right time, and I was open to him doing whatever he wanted to do, I just came into agreement with what he wanted to do, and he brought this little girl back. And all the paramedics were freaking out. And I don't know if I'll ever see this little precious thing ever. She's probably in her early 20s now. But I believe that she's a prophetess to her generation. Why? Because God brought her back for a reason and with a purpose. And if God can use a knucklehead like me with a bunch of high school students bad breath and gases. It's like, come on, somebody. God can use anybody. Amen, somebody. I want to talk to you today a little bit about why the prophetic is so essential in the day that we live in right now. Because if you have injuries, if you have setbacks, if you have, we've got technology. These days we can FaceTime our physician, our doctors, and shout out to our medical community. We love you, appreciate you, salute you. You're amazing. We, we, we have so much like options and resources available to us just within just a few little clicks and yet God still wants to show up in and through our lives and he's not looking for theologians and he's not looking just for those who've gone to seminary or Bible college he's just simply looking for sons and daughters who say God if you can use anything here I am use me us with scars us with bruises us with 
bad backgrounds, things that we're not proud of, mistakes that we've made, our scars. God's looking for vessels like you and I that he can flow through. He's looking for people that just say, Lord, if I can be a difference, if I can make a difference in someone else's life, here I am, Lord. Our passion is to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. The role that we have here on, on this planet is not just to get through so that we can make it into heaven someday. No, we're called to make a difference in people's lives all around us. Whether we're in the marketplace, as we were talking about yesterday, or you're a stay-home parent, or whether you're a student going to school every day, or working at Chick-fil-A off on Sundays, God wants to use you. And he's looking for willing vessels. So I want to explore the why prophecy. And, and I think one of the best ways for me to do that is to expound a little bit on what Paul would write to the church in Corinth. And we find a lot of his instructions in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 14. So I'm going to unpack those two passages. Let me give you some context very quickly on, on the church in Corinth. They were, they were a young, very worldly church, but they, they were like, they were partiers. They liked to have fun together. They had lots of meals together. Uh, if, if, if they had barbecues, they would do like what we're doing next Sunday. Um, they like to hang out and kick it. And, and he's getting these reports back from the church. Like, man, you guys are crushing it on several levels. But y'all are like, man, y'all need to grow up a little bit. You're cutting in in line. When you guys do communion, it's kind of like people are like getting drunk from the communion wine. Like, what are y'all doing? And he's having to rebuke the people and correct them like a pops would do. Because they have a lot of zeal, but they didn't have a whole lot of wisdom. And he's talking to them then about spiritual gifts, these supernatural abilities. Like, look, God's given you spiritual gifts for a reason. And as the Holy Spirit is working, particularly when you come together as the ecclesia or the church, when you come together in gatherings, perhaps similar to this, he says, there needs to be some structure. There needs to be some order. God's not confused. God's a God of order. So let me help you. He began then to describe what a service should look like. And we find these passages, and you can kind of read it during the week in more detail, but 1 Corinthians 12, as well as 14, it talks about um, the gifts of the Spirit flowing. So let me, let me read a few verses here. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, it says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities that the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. So speaking of spiritual gifts, he says, I don't want you to be confused. I need you to get this. Verse 4, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. But the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. That right there, we should just pause. God operates in different ways through different ones of us. How Pastor Marquise gets down, how he ministers is different than let's say how Pastor David gets down, how he does ministry. How God uses Catherine within her personality and her, her makeup, that's how God flows through her. And it's different than, let's say, how God flows through Kathy. Wh whatever the scenarios would be, God works in different ways through all of us. Why? Because we're all different. That's why Paul will say, don't compare yourself amongst yourselves. Someone else's experience might be totally different than yours. And if you allow their experience to influence yours, you might think, man, maybe something's wrong with me because I don't feel liquid fire going down. Maybe there's stories like, man, PJJ, he prayed and God brought somebody back from the dead. Well, well, that's maybe there's something wrong with me because that's never happened in my life. Listen, that's happened once in my lifetime. I'm believing for more. I could tell you stories I literally would on other missions trips. I'm like, tell the driver, pull over. Like in India, I'm like, I saw a dude that was dead alongside the road. Pull over. I go and I lay hands on the guy. There's flies. Flying. In the name of Jesus and nothing happened. 
But you got to practice. What's the worst that can happen? Dude is still dead. You know what I'm saying? Maybe God would raise him back. I'm getting distracted. Excuse the, the ADD here kicking in. God works differently within all of us. Go with your armor. Understand how God's wired you. If you're, again, if we, if we, if we compare ourselves, we, we get stuck. So God works in different ways through all of us. Verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other out. Listen, that's the key to all spiritual gifts. The why for the prophecy, the why for miracles, the why for the gift of faith, so that we can help each other. That's the why. That's packed. In my, my notes, it's highlighted and underlined. The why for spiritual gifts is so that God can use us to be a blessing to others. He wants to use us to help others. To one person, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, he gives the ability to give wise advice. That would be the, the word of wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. We would refer to that as the word of knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another person. That is the gift of faith. And to someone else, the one Spirit, he gives the gift of healing. The actual translation there is gifts, plural, the gifts of healing. Which, by the way, um, when I think of healing, sometimes I'll, I'll, I've been around ministers who they'll have a gift where God will like, you know, God will use them to bring like healing to people that struggle with arthritis. It's like, man, they lay hands on that person who struggled with arthritis for a minute, they get healed. But they pray for somebody else with maybe that headache and the headache doesn't go. There's different gifts of healing. That's for another conversation. But, and it says another, the ability to prophesy, which is the gift of prophecy. The gift of miracles. It says, he gives someone else the ability to discern, uh, to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. That's the gift of discerning of spirits. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, the gift of tongues, while another is given the ability to interpret what is said. That's the gift of interpreting tongues. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Now, this would be like one of those studies that we would do in our school of leaders here at City Life Church, where we dissect it and we go deeper. I'm giving you some content, and I'd love for you to explore it on your own. But basically what Paul is saying, like there is one Holy Spirit. He wants to give his gifts. They're not my gifts. They're not your gifts. They're the gifts of the Spirit. He wants to bestow those gifts and those supernatural abilities in our lives so that you can be used by him to be a blessing to those around you. Wherever you might be at, God wants to use you. Again, it's not about your talent. It's not about your spirituality. It's not about how even mature you are in the things of God. It's simply about your availability. The super comes from him and he steps into your natural and brings the supernatural. So the purpose is so that we can be a blessing to those around us. Are you with me so far? So these, these nine spiritual gifts mentioned here they're for a reason. And they're basically kind of summarized into three categories. It's what we call the revelatory gifts, where God reveals his heart, his mind. And these would be obviously the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, discerning of spirits. Then you have the, the uh, declarative gifts or the utterance gifts. And these are the, the gifts that, that include our mouths declaring something. It's the gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. And then finally, the power gifts. The power gifts would be the gifts of miracles, gifts of healing, the gift of faith. So you got the, this combination of, of all these gifts. And can I tell you that when it comes to prophecy, prophecy is possibly the first step. It's possibly one of the easier of all of them to just simply respond and be used by God. 
God all of a sudden begins to drop a nugget in our heart and spirit. And all we got to do is say what he's speaking to us. So when we say, but I'm not prophetic, stop, stop. The enemy will love to keep you bound. The enemy will love to keep you thinking that, you know what? That's only for certain spiritual people like Pastor Elena. No, the prophetic is for all believers. The same Holy Spirit that anoints prophets like we saw last week to share a message from God to people, that same Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. As you open your heart to him, he comes and he's the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of comfort. And he wants to partner with you and I to use you to be a blessing to somebody else. Are you with me so far? And the prophetic is something that should be natural for all of us. That's why we're taking the time in this season to say we are a prophetic people, not pathetic, prophetic. And we need to hear what God is saying and we need to learn how to declare what he says. Not just man's opinions. God knows we don't need more opinions, right? We need the word of God. We need the thoughts of God. So these three categories of different types of gifts, in many cases, they intersect and they walk hand in hand. It's not uncommon for me as I'm prophesying, God is speaking through me as I'm prophesying things over different people. You'll see some of this when we pray on Wednesday nights. All of a sudden, the, discern, the, the discerning of spirits kicks in and I recognize that, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not just praying for something in this person's physical body. There's a spiritual thing that is connected. There's an evil spirit, a demon, that is inflicting infirmity in some cases. So as I'm prophesying, all of a sudden, I take authority over this thing and woof, that thing has to go. The blood of Jesus drives that thing away. But that's not just something only PJJ can do. We all are called to this. You're not here to just coexist and get through life. Taking a beating Monday through Saturday and then showing up on Sunday for a, whew, let me get a breather and go to the prayer team up front to have someone pray with me. Praise God for that. But you're called to be the head and not the tail. Above and not beneath. You're called to advance. You're called to take ground. The same spirit that rests upon these prophets rests upon you. He wants to use you. He wants to anoint you. That's the beauty. This is what's trippy. Have you ever had one of those theological like conversations between you and God? God, if you created the world, why the heck did you send Lucifer and all those demons to the same planet? Couldn't you just have sent them over to like Mars or something? Jupiter, Saturn, couldn't you just send them to another galaxy altogether with all the fallen angels? Why do we all have to share this same piece of real estate? Have you ever had those thoughts before? If God is so good, why would he allow Satan to come and bring sin and evil into this world? If God created the world and it was so perfect, why in his infinite wisdom would he allow a fallen being Filled with pride and corruption to bring and screw everything up. And that's the beauty of God's sovereignty and his wisdom. God created you and I in his image. Spiritual beings with a physical shell. Called to be like God. We're not called to be God because there's only one God. But we're called to be like him. Sons and daughters of the most high God. We're called to be worshipers and warriors, in, in this case, I'm not talking about the Golden State dubs. Worshippers who worship God, but warriors. If everything was perfect in this world, who would you do war against? God, the Bible says that God is a mighty warrior. And I can unpack that a little bit more, but we are called to win. You can't win if there's not an opponent. So in God's sovereignty, what he did 
is when Lucifer exalted himself in pride and he looked at himself like, look at this. I am all that and a bag of chips. Mm -mm -mm -mm. He then was excommunicated from the presence of God. And in his judgment, you know what God did? Because angels were created a little bit above humanity. God chose to send these fallen angels who were quote unquote more supernatural than we are, if I can use the term loosely that way, sends them to this planet to be judged by who? You and me. How humiliating is that? Oh, you want to be all that and a bag of chips? I'm going to send you down to a planet where beings that are mm, a little less than you, they're going to actually trample on you. They're going to stomp on your head. You're going to be subjected to them. It's kind of like you stepping into a kindergarten class and all of a sudden they're in control and you're not. Come on, somebody. In God's sovereignty, he says, part of Lucifer's punishment is to be ruled by us. And that's why in Genesis chapter 1, it says that God created man in his image and he blessed him. He says, be fruitful, multiply, subdue, and take dominion. That's a war term right there. It's not talking about the animal kingdom. Let's subdue that horsey so we can go horseback riding. No, that's not what it's talking about. It's warfare. He says, subdue and take dominion over what? Demonic spirits. Things that oppose the will of God. But the, the unfortunate thing is this. The Holy Spirit is available to all of us, but many of us aren't aware of it. And therefore, we're running from battle rather than running towards battle. You don't have to carry this for the rest of your life. If you experience setback and you have all hell coming against you, that is not your portion. You don't have to coexist with the enemy. You're not called to just, uh, huh, you be my roommate, but you stay on that side of the house and I'll stay on this side of the house, devil. Get to your side of the house. That's not your portion. God's given you authority and the power is available if you come into alignment with his will. And that's what Paul is telling the church. It's like, don't mess around with these things. The spiritual gifts, they're there for a reason. God wants to use you to bless those around you. So he says, don't be naive about these things. My assignment as a shepherd in this house, along with my team, is to help empower you, to help equip you, to help remind you of how great your God is on the inside of you. If you're going through hell right now, that doesn't have to be your portion. If you find yourself confused and dismayed and discouraged, we all go through difficult times. This week, my son, playing football, so proud of me. He worked his tail off all summer long. And I had to give him a bunch of rides, so I feel the pain as well. Mom and I had to give him rides to go work out so he could be part of the varsity football team, something he's dreamt about for years. The very first game, official game, varsity, he's playing, crushing it. I'm like, dang, our boy's doing good. Look at that white boy run. Look at him. Running back, wide receiver, third quarter rolls around. Their team is beating their opponent, and we're like, man, he's doing great. He gets the ball, he runs, the line, line breaks up, he stops, he pivots, and he spins around, breaks through the, the D-line, and as he's going through, a 300-pound Division I uh, linesman lands on him, and then his own teammate jumps on top of him, so that's 500 pounds of muscles crushing my dude, breaking his collarbone on the first night of the season. I'm like, I told my wife, Let's get ready. We got to go to the ER. I'm praying that God will heal him, but also let's be smart. And lo and behold, we had to take J-Dog. Jay, I love you, man. I'm proud of you. Worked his tail off, but that doesn't define him. And all of a sudden, it's kind of like in that frustration, like, man, I need to stir myself up. And we go through, we go through losses. We go through pain. We go, and we don't understand. 
God uses me to heal people. I lay hands on people. Last week I was praying for somebody that was in the ICU. I declared the word of God over them. Moments later, we get a report. They're completely set free. God can use me to, to bring healing to others. And then my son, I'm like, Lord, but all the time and energy and effort and whatever, the dreams, God. How God brings it about is up to him. I exercise my position and I do my part, but then it's in his hands. And God works all things together for good. So Jay, I don't know why it, well, it all happened. You're a savage, dude. You did, you did great. Dad and mom are proud of you. And why you experienced the injury? Dude, it was huge. Why it happened? Well, because it's a risky contact sport. Justice, man. Play good too, bro. Um, why it happens, I don't know. How God's going to heal you is up to him. If it takes eight weeks, then so be it. If it takes eight days, so be it. If God heals you tonight, come on, somebody, so be it. Either way, either way, either way, we believe and we go through difficult times. It rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. Good things happen to good people and evil people. Bad things happen to evil people as well as good people. That's what the scripture teaches us. What do we do with our hearts? Let me move you to 1 Corinthians 14. This is the second part of this foundational piece that I'm wanting you to get. Paul then would go on to say, he says, listen, let, let love be your highest goal. That right there is huge. When speaking of all of these spiritual gifts in our lives, let love be your number one priority. What is love? Maybe you don't hurt me. I don't know what happened there, Pastor Keys. He says, let love be your highest goal, your number one priority. But you should also desire, the NIV version says this, earnestly desire the special abilities that the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. He's like, listen, let love motivate you. Let it drive you. Let it consume you. Let it fill your hearts and minds. You should be fueled by love. And you should earnestly desire these gifts. It's not like something like, oh, well, I guess if God wants to use me with one of those gifts, whatever, God, okay, I'm, I'm willing. Nah, he ain't going to flow through that. Ain't nobody got time for that. He says, if you earnestly, he says, desire, desire these things earnestly, desperately, purposefully. Desire these things, especially that you would prophesy. And what does he say? For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't, won't be able to understand you. Could you imagine going to a prayer meeting and the entire prayer meeting is only people speaking in tongues? They're being edified. God's being glorified. But people around them are like, what's going on? So you'll be speaking by the power of the spirit, but it will all be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. So Paul says like, I desire that you all speak in tongues, that you pursue the gifts, but I really, 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 I want to encourage you, double down, encourage you to pursue the prophetic, pursue the gift of prophecy that God might be glorified through you as you encourage others around you. So I like to say like this, if the gifts of the spirit were like a train, love is the track that it flows on. Without love, the gifts won't flow. If you're harboring hatred towards people, the spirit won't flow through you because that's inconsistent with the heart of God. It doesn't mean you got to like people. It doesn't mean you got to agree with people, but you can choose to love people. I could tell many stories of how that works in my life. Here's the big idea today. God wants to speak to you and through you to encourage others. He wants to speak to you and through you that you might be a blessing and an encouragement to others. The purpose for all of this, for the prophetic particularly, is to strengthen people, to encourage people, to comfort people.
That, that word comfort in the New Testament, in the Greek language, has to do with, let me help you pick up that heavy load that you're carrying. Ultimately, Jesus is the one that carries our heavy load. But to comfort someone means that you come alongside and you kind of lift them up. The prophetic within all of us, when God flows through us, it's not for us to judge people. I'm going to give you a, a word of warning. I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. Um, <laughs> I've been doing this for a minute. So 26 years of full-time ministry. I had a lady years ago. Um, she told her husband that God gave her prophetic word that he was going to die within a certain amount of time. So he came to meet with me and says, God spoke prophetically through my wife that I'm supposed to get ready because I'm going to die. I said, do you feel like that was a word from the Holy Spirit? He goes, I, I don't think so, but my, my wife, she prays a lot. I said, um, did she elaborate? Did she give you more details? He goes on to say that one of his guy friends in her prophetic vision, she saw this guy friend at this dude's memorial service. And God was telling her prophetically that after he died, she was going to join up with that friend. So when people trip off of like prophetic ministry, I understand. God's not weird. People are weird. So as he's telling me this, I go, bruh, that is not a prophetic word of God. That's not a word from God. It's inconsistent with the heart of God. Sometimes God will warn us and give us little promptings like, hey, you're going the wrong direction. Warning, warning, warning. <laughs> you're approaching a cliff. He begins to warn us. But that was not a prophetic word from the Lord. I said, I reject that word. It's not of God. The Bible says, test all prophecy. Submit it to the word of God. What does the word of God say? I said, bro, that's not a word from the Lord at all. God would be speaking to you about this. Get your affairs in order. Get, no pun intended. Get your business in order. Get your things in order. Come on, somebody. Can we keep it real at church? Somebody? <laughs> Am I talking to somebody here today? So the prophetic is meant for encouragement. That was not a prophetic word. About a year later, when nothing happened, I like text him, hey, bro, how you doing? <laughs> Told you. That's a freebie just to bless somebody. The prophetic ministry is for the edification, the building up, lifting people up. Amen. How then do people prophesy? I'm not going to give you a formula because there is no script to follow. There is a person to follow. It's not about a formula. It's about a person. That's the Holy Spirit. He wants to flow through us. Let me give you some pointers, perhaps some tips that will help you today. Rapid fire. Going to give you some brief thoughts. And we're going to continue to marinate on this topic for the next few weeks. Because my heart and God's heart, I believe, for us is that we would be those who prophesy, who hear his thoughts. There's no formula. So number one, when it comes to the prophetic ministry personally in our own lives, number one, choose to love people. If there's a love issue on the inside of you, it ain't going to flow. So choose to love people. God, give me your love. Right now, some people are irritating me. They're getting under my skin. But God, I choose to love them. Maybe you're sitting next to that person right now and you're like, you're talking to me. God knows our hearts. He knows our struggles. Choose to love people. Number two, earnestly desire the gift of prophecy. Earnestly, deliberately, intentionally. Lean in. Desire the gifts of the, of the Spirit, particularly prophecy. Number three, open your heart to God's heart. This isn't just a guessing game. Mm, word of knowledge. Uh, I see you come from a Latino background. 
In our church, you got a 50% chance of that being accurate. <laughs> it's not about that. It's about opening your heart to God. Saying, God, give me your heart. Number four, speak only what you see, hear, and sense from God. Don't add to it. If you're going to prophesy, speak only what you've seen in the spirit, heard in the spirit, and sensed from God in the spirit. And then don't bring counsel with that. Prophecy is not a counseling session. They don't need God's word and your opinions. I just really, I want to back up what God just said through me. Shut it. Just say what God said and move on. Number five, flow within the banks of the word and the pastoral oversight that's in a person's life. As Pastor Isaac preached a couple weeks ago, the prophetic is like a river. A river is a river if it's got two banks. If it's got four banks, it's a lake. It ain't no river. If it's got only one bank, it's a flood. But a river flows because it's got the bank of the word of God. God is not, he doesn't contradict his own word. It's been established. It is 100% accurate. And then God established. He gave the gift of pastoral oversight. The river flows when there's pastoral covering in your life. Then, then it flows. Amen, somebody? Without one or both of those banks, it's just devastating. It's crazy. Remember, prophecies, they should always be tested. When prophetic words are declared, test it. Does anyone have a $100 bill that they can loan me for a few seconds or maybe a day? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't, don't bring the Benjamin out. But if I were to pull out a, a, a $100 bill, what would I do? I would hold it to the light because I want to see if that little strip is on the inside, if those little watermarks are there. I'm testing to see the authenticity of this bill. When it comes to the prophetic, we hold it to the light. Is it consistent with the heart of God, with the word of God? Is it consistent with what God's already declared? You test the word. Amen, somebody? First Thessalonians, Paul says it like this in chapter 5. He says, do not scoff at prophecies. And I understand us being cynical and cautious, particularly if we've seen abuses. And I've, I've seen abuses. But don't, don't reject it. Don't dismiss it. Don't scoff at prophecies. But test everything that is said. Hold on then to what is good. What is he saying? He's saying, hashtag, eat the meat, chuck the bones. That's what he's saying. Listen to the words that are, are being said. Test it. Take the good parts that you know are, are consistent with the heart of God and then everything else, spit it out. Chuck the bones. Finally here, we're going to have someone jump on the keyboard here. How then do we grow in the prophetic? Because you don't just kind of like go into a prayer meeting and you go in one way and then you come out another way. Wow, watch out world. How does that grow? How does that develop in our lives? Three very simple steps here. And my friend, Pastor Steve, Mike one, Mike prophet, one, Mike he says it like this. You don't develop the prophetic it develops you. So you don't develop the prophetic gift. First, it's not your gift, it's his gift. You make yourself available and the prophetic begins to develop you so that you know how to flow with him. So here's a thought. You don't have to twist God's arm. He wants to partner with you and I. You don't have to convince him, please God, please. <laughs> he actually is just looking for willing vessels. I'm like, yeah, Susie, I'm gonna use you. You've been designed, I'm gonna use you whether you're at the mall or at the workplace, wherever you are, I'm going to use you to be my spokesperson wherever you go. You don't have to convince him. He's already motivated to work with us. The three steps before there was the PPP loan. Here's the three words that start with P. How do we grow in the prophetic? Number one, pray. That's the source right there. If we don't pray, if we don't, if we don't spend time in the presence of God, just hearing from him, connecting with him, going vertical with him, God's not going to flow through us. He's not going to speak his thoughts towards us. Why? Because we're disconnected. We're doing our own thing. Excuse me. We're doing our own thing. And then we're asking, hey, God, can you speak to me? Bro, we haven't talked in two weeks. How are you? 
So through prayer, as you're spending time in the presence of God, you're actually going to begin to sense the heart of God. Even before you go into a room, you'll begin to sense the, the prodding of the Holy Spirit. I was transporting some of our prophets last week. I would pick them up from the hotel and we having conversations, but everyone in the car would be speaking in tongues. And we're talking about something and somebody's praying in the spirit. And I brought one of my sons with me and uh, my youngest one. And at the end, he goes, Dad, those guys are praying in tongues all the time. How come you don't? <laughs> I'm like, E-dog, man. Come on, bruh. I go, Jay, do you ever hear dad pray in tongues? Like all the time, dad, like that's my guy right there. So, Come on, E. So then this week I was very deliberate. Every time I pick up Ethan, hit up a shan, da la 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 la. Going through McDonald's drive through using my app. I need the ice cream cone, Lord. Shit it up a Sunday, little bit. Praying a spirit all week long. You can't prophesy unless you're connected, unless you're plugged in. Unless you're accessing his heart, how can you give him his heart if you're not connected to it? It comes from prayer, and that's a whole other conversation. Shout out to our prayer ministry, Nicole and the team. We pray, not just on Sundays, but pray. Be a people of prayer. Number two, practice. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Practice the prophetic. As you begin to sense a few little things, just begin to share. Hey, Pastor Keys, I just kind of feel like the Lord says the Niners are going to do better this year. With or without Jimmy, yay, the Lord said, they're going to have an over 500 record. What do you think? And you practice. Practice. As you, as you get these little glimpses, and I'm going, to, I'm going to talk to you next week, when God begins to speak, it's not just an audible voice. He'll give you imagery. He'll give you feelings. You'll sense certain things. You'll hear certain things, certain thoughts. I'm going to teach you how to hear the voice of God, which is much more than an audible sound. But as you begin to pick up on that, you begin to practice it. And then number three, prophesy. Then you speak it out. Don't just keep it on the inside of you. You actually, you speak it out. That's enough for today. Would you stand to your feet? Allow me to pray for us. Thank you for allowing me to go a little bit longer today. I appreciate your patience there. I'm hoping that more than just information though, I'm hoping that something's being stirred in our hearts today. That God is stirring something in our spirits. You're not here to just get through life. You're here to possess the promised land that he has for you. What does that look like in your context? I want to I declare over you as God spoke through uh, Ezekiel. He says, prophesy to that valley of dead bones. Prophesy. Things that seem dead and distant, prophesy life. Speak life into those dark places. Speak life into those situations that are beyond you. If it was within your reach, you would have done it already, but it's beyond you. Therefore, you need a supernatural move of God. Therefore, the spirit of God who is supernatural, he quickens faith within your heart to believe and to declare. I want to encourage you, come into alignment with the will of God. Don't be a spectator in this whole journey. Partner with the spirit of God. Allow him to use you and watch things change all around you. It might happen in a day. It might happen in a year. Some things might take decades, but you continue to believe. Prophesy, prophesy, prophesy. Speak the word of God, the will of God into your circumstances. Don't take no for an answer unless God's saying no. Don't take setbacks as your final destination because that is not your portion. Continue to speak, continue to declare, continue to believe the word of God because our God ain't dead and he ain't done. 
God's not dead and he's not done. He continues to work on your behalf. He can move the mountains for us. Our partnership and our part in this whole thing is to simply agree with him. Amen, somebody? Can I pray this over us and then we'll wrap things up. God, we thank you again for your goodness, your grace, your faithfulness, your kindness. I thank you that you're a present God in time of help. Lord, you know our circumstances, both those that are in this place physically, those watching online. You know our story, you know our situations. But greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. And God, I thank you that you haven't given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So we're not going to be swayed. We're not going to be dismayed. We're not going to be blown around here and there. But God, we're going to be led by the Spirit of God. And God, I thank you that you are with us and you are for us. You're the God of the impossible. I pray over each brother and each sister under the sound of my voice today. Let faith arise within each heart. Let courage be instilled within each spirit. Let the hope of God be infused into each heart today. God, you're not dead and you're not done with us yet. So Father, we pray your life, uh, clarity of vision, clarity of purpose. Uh, huh? Father, we, br we, we brush off the dust and we move on. We shake off heaviness and we move on. We press forward into you that we might attain all that you've purposed for us. Father, I thank you for the blessings of God over each person here, those watching online. I thank you for the blessings of the Lord. I thank you for the peace of God declared over each one. You are our helper. You are our friend. You are our comforter. We put our hope in you and our trust is in you. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to serve you another day. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Stay standing. Aaron is going to wrap things up. Online community, we love you. Be blessed.